0: into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Welcome back to another interview episode on the awesome inside out podcast. First, I want to take a moment to share my gratitude for each and every one of you, tuning in week after week, ready to upgrade your health, your wellness, your well-being, your life, your mindset, your self-love, your self-confidence, your self-worth, all the things we jam about each and every week. If this is your first time with us, welcome, 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 and welcome you with open arms. Thanks so much for being here. Your support and your love mean the absolute world to me, and I'm so thankful that I have this platform to share this movement with you. If you find this podcast inspiring, please take a moment to post it on social media or send to one person that you love. That could be a family member, a friend, a colleague, a community member, someone else that could benefit from this inspiration. And so today I have a very timely episode for what is going on in the world Right now, with what's currently happening on a global scale, it is the perfect time to reevaluate who you are working for, how you're working and how you spend your time in your career. So often we feel trapped by the restraints of social pressures. At a young age, we find ourselves choosing a career path, working towards degrees, certifications, jobs, only to feel unfulfilled in the long run. And so it's important right now to reevaluate where you are. Because if your desire for love, connection, play, movement, and taking care of yourself is taking a backseat to your work, you're not building a sustainable life, let alone a sustainable career. So your ability to be successful in any of your pursuits stands on the foundation of you taking care of you. It is your ability to discern how to pivot, adapt, and create a new career, or shift your current career so that it is in alignment with all that you desire. And right now in history, it is the perfect time to do this. So one of my best friends and online business mentors, Amanda Bucci, is here with us today as she experienced a similar shift like this in her life recently. Amanda started her online business in her early 20s, creating fitness videos for her YouTube channel. Over the span of her career, she's grown a significant following to a half a million followers on Instagram and over 25 million views on her YouTube channel. Over the last few years, Amanda has put her focus into online business mentorship, where she's helped others like herself reach larger audiences, hit new milestones, create financial freedom, and overall take their businesses to the next level. Last year, however, Amanda saw that her business began to plateau as she embarked on major shifts happening in her personal life. As she began to shed so much of what wasn't serving her, she wanted her business to reflect these changes as well. And for so many of us, making this type of transition can be frightening. You may fear that you'll lose your job, your clients, or in Amanda's case, the following she worked so hard to create. However, when you are no longer in alignment with your heart's desires or your greatest potential, we lack the growth for our personal lives and even the growth for our business. And so today, Amanda and I are jamming on this topic and how to find your core essence, to redefine your purpose, and what stepping into your entrepreneurial archetype looks like. Change can be scary, but we are here to remind you that you are deserving and capable of stepping into the role you envision for yourself. So grab a pen, a notebook, and get ready for some beautiful changes ahead. Welcome, Amanda, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I love yeah. you so much. I'm so grateful. I love
1: you too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So, Amanda and I, I don't know when we really started connecting. I feel like I've known you forever. I I feel like our friendship really deepened and started to really thrive when we were at Burning Man. We went to Burning Man together and it was (laughs) your first year and you were a virgin. And since then, we've been in the same mastermind and we have done a lot of just collaborations and things with, with different partnerships. And we just launched a soulful collective entrepreneurial bundle. And and we've done a lot. And I'm just so excited to have you here today, specifically in the state of crisis, specifically in this time where women need to really hear and be inspired by those entrepreneurs who really have taken a depth of courage and have stepped into creating financial independence for themselves and have done what you've done, which is so profound. And at such a young age, you have built this massive movement and this brand and really have, have shown the world that you can, can create this financial stability for yourself, you know, in your your early twenties or if not earlier. And so for those of the audience that don't know really your story and your background to, to getting 25 million views on YouTube and really creating this platform that you have, can you just walk us through just your story and how you've been able to create this, this platform for yourself?
1: Yeah, totally. And like, thank you again so much for having me on. I really think you're one of the most in integrity people I know. And I just am so honored to have a friendship with you and to have the depth of connection that we've had over the last couple of years and to be a guest on your platform, like truly, truly, truly.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Same to you.
1: So for those who don't know, I'm Amanda. I'm 26 years old. I'll be at 27 in July. And I started my social media, YouTube entrepreneurial journey when I was 21, like 2021. I am from Rhode Island originally, which is the smallest state in the US. Most people mistake it for Long Island in New York and don't even realize it's its own state. (laughs) And I was in nursing school in Rhode Island. And I remember like just picking a major and only knowing a couple of things about myself. I knew that I was good at helping people because a lot of people came to me with their challenges and their secrets and stuff like that. And I was always able to kind of come into that conversation without judgment and just support them in some way. So I was like, okay, check one. I know one thing about myself. And the other thing was that I was good at science, which is a whole other story that we can get into. But I essentially, in the time of high school, had this whole switch in my brain where I felt like... I remember thinking that I didn't have the creative side of my brain and then I only had the science side of my brain. And I was like, you know what? I just don't have that. And it's so funny, the things that we learn about ourselves over time and on the, on our entrepreneurial journey. I am such a deeply creative person to my core. And I now know that. But the way that we kind of get conditioned to thinking that we we are a certain way for me i think i just thought that because that seemed like the only way that i was maybe getting praised or i had like a respectable career path to it so i went to nursing school i was good at taking tests i was good at it i didn't have that fire but i also didn't grow up with a super challenging upbringing and when i was presented with the idea from one of my spontaneous friends in college named Tori to move to Venice, California for the summer. She had to drag me. I said no initially. I was like, no, I don't have any money. But where I really was, was at this place of kind of complacency, which is a real dangerous place to be in, which I now recognize of just like everything's fine. Nothing's that bad. Nothing's that good. But I also don't really know. And she literally had to drag me out We applied to a couple of restaurants in Venice, talked to some restaurant owner on the phone. He was like, yeah, we can hire you when you get out here. So we scrounged up enough money to drive across the country. We did a three-day trip, came to Venice, California, started working at the Venice Ale House right on the boardwalk when I was 21. And I just like absolutely fell in love with it here. But what really shifted things for me was the recognition that people here um, just had a desire or a dream to find their thing. And it wasn't even like, I wasn't in Hollywood and I wasn't in that kind of crowd of people that were looking to be actors and actresses and like create fame. It was just a lot of people with open minds. So it opened my mind a lot. And this is also around a time when Instagram was really just getting started. I was super into fitness. I, I like was in nursing school, into fitness, was in between the two worlds of partying and drinking, but also wanting to not go out on Friday night at all and being very introverted and staying at home. And I just started posting a bunch of stuff online. And initially, it was terrifying. I made my account private. I was petrified of being judged by my peers. I was judged by my peers. But I was just finding so much connection and community online, like these people that also liked going to the gym and talked about their cardio routine and talked about their nutrition routine and all of that kind of stuff. So I really found a tribe and community on there. And I eventually like got through that first layer of fear, made my account on private, And that's now the account that I have now that has 500 something thousand Followers on it. Looking back in hindsight, I was really doing everything, quote unquote, right to build an awesome, loyal, like loving, engaged audience of people. I was posting super valuable content, like multiple times a week, sometimes a couple times a day. This is like before Instagram stories, too. I was writing really valuable, insightful, and helpful captions. I ended up starting a YouTube channel to make longer videos, to explain things and to teach things. And I just really fell in love with the community that I found on there. And in 2016, I was f- like finishing my nursing school, took the final exam or the, na- the national board exam for nursing, and I didn't end up passing it. And that at that point, I had already amassed a small following. I was making enough to pay my rent in Los Angeles. I got my first brand sponsorship and things were going so well on that front that I could not go backwards in my head and follow through with the nursing thing. It just like did not connect with me. I found something I was actually passionate about versus the thing that I thought I had to do. And in 2016, I decided to go all in with YouTube. And I made a video almost every single day, like a 10 to 30 minute long video a four to five times a week. So people were spending a couple hours like watching my videos every single week for weeks and, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I ended up gaining 100,000 subscribers in less than six months. And it was a lot and it was fast and it was crazy. But what that really did for me was provide me a platform to now at this point, I can almost do whatever I want. And I think the thing that really stuck was that I kept showing myself and my personality. And I don't do any fitness things anymore. I still get people asking me, when are you going to post a workout video? And this is like four years later. But mm-hmm. I I switched my brand in 2017 because I kind of got sick of having my brand be all about the way that I looked. I did fitness competitions. I had some Like difficulty with the eating stuff. I definitely I gained weight like 30 pounds in front of in front of 200,000 subscribers after I had done all these fitness competitions and stuff. My metabolism was really messed up. I ended up doing powerlifting. And at that point, I was like, you know what, there has to be more for me to talk about than just stuff about the body. And I got into business. I absolutely loved it. I like went all in. I invested in mentors. I invested in masterminds. I met a bunch of awesome friends like like you and Ash and Libby and everybody in the group that we are in now. And again, like I made this brand pivot. But what stayed was people wanted to stay for me. A lot of people just liked what I was doing and liked how I was sharing because I was sharing really authentically. I was sharing my thoughts, feelings, stresses, anxieties, and just my life. And I think it's such a powerful opportunity to have a platform where you are your authentic version of yourself and you can relate with the people that are on there. And from there, there's just infinite opportunity to really do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing that you've done the best that I've seen anyone else do in comparison to all other people of influence is you've taken your audience on the journey with you. You've been, you've showed up so authentically, you show up very much in the space in which you are. And I could imagine, tell me if I'm wrong, but there, I'm sure that as you pivot, there's those moments of fear that come forward that are, should I share this with my audience yet? Am I ready to share? And I've seen you over and over and over show up consistently in that courage. (laughs) And it's been really beautiful to watch.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. There has been tons of fear every single time.
0: (laughs) Um, And I wanted to go back to when you were talking about complacency, because I think what you had when you were in a state of moving across the country is where most people have been, especially the last few years. And I feel like during this time right now in this state of confusion and anger and uncertainty and not knowing what's going to happen with about 20% of people losing their jobs right now with no certainty of whether these jobs are going to be offered, if companies are going to shut down, it's more important than ever that, and we were having this conversation when we were on our mastermind call last Sunday, that as leaders in this community, we empower other women to become self-reliant, to take the self-radical responsibility, to make sure that they're showing up for themselves. And I think Sometimes in the complacency, when we do get really hard with the fuck, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's happening right now. It actually allows us to show up for ourselves more than ever before. And so I'm curious for you what that's looking like for your community in terms of just empowering them to start to think about their finances different, start to think from a different mindset, not from a place of how do I use this as a way to make a bunch of money, but more of okay, should I start thinking about second streams of income? Should I start thinking about passive income? Should I start thinking about stepping into entrepreneurship? And I'm just curious how you're leading them through these conversations.
1: Yeah. No, I love that you brought up the complacency thing because I feel like one thought I had this week, this is we're going into week two of the quarantine as we're recording this, was that this is almost creating a universal, like quote unquote, rock bottom for a lot of people in a sense. And not that everyone's going through an an actual rock bottom, but it's like taking us down to that place where it's an oh shit moment rather than like a, you know what, I can do it later next month. I'm fine right now. I don't have to right now. It's so much easier to be comfortable and stay in the same familiar thing that we're in because our like brains and our bodies are so used to it. So doing anything outside of our comfort zone feels terrifying and scary. And we create all of these excuses and stories as to why we don't have to do it right now, or we can do it later, or it's not a big deal, or maybe I'll just invest in the next thing, or maybe I'll take myself online a year from now. And Maybe things are different with my life or whatever, right? So it's just so much different now because everything's being shaken up. There's a ton of uncertainty. There's a ton of question marks. It's another thing that humans do not enjoy is is uncertainty. There's, you know, I think Tony Robbins has the different human needs where we need both uncertainty and certainty, but the level of uncertainty is really destabilizing, but it's also really it creates so much opportunity like the the chaos creates a deep opening i see of like hey this is a disruption there's a lot of movement but because things haven't settled back down yet and they're not going to there's like places in our lives that we can grab onto and take the opportunity because there's an opening and i know for me like little things that i'm doing that i've never even done before going for runs I don't run. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. trauma from running from high school soccer and lacrosse. And I just like don't run. But I'm going on runs. And it's like, I'm kind of enjoying it. And I think I might take it with me moving forward. And I'm personally seeing so many people do stuff like that, especially around finances, business. I see so many entrepreneurs who already have businesses totally innovating Starting different types of things. Like I have a client right now, and she's an online um, therapist slash coach. And she's had this dream for a while to open up a wellness center with all different types of holistic healing and different types of um, service providers and practitioners and Reiki people and yoga teachers. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to open it for online right now because a lot of people have lost their classes. And she's like figuring out the tech platform to figure out how to make this whole thing happen. And There's a ton of just like interesting, different things that people are doing that they may not have ever done. And I'm finding that there's so much empowerment in that. So when it comes to creating, you know, different revenue streams and considering asking yourself, where am I not taking full ownership of my own? financial situation and this is probably a not just like a wake up call in a bad way like you've been doing something wrong this whole time for people who maybe have lost their jobs cuz people probably there's plenty of people that want to be in their jobs and it's such a cool opportunity to see maybe i can have a second stream of revenue so when something like this happens i can have a little bit of safety security I can feel like I know what's going on I can take ownership of this part of my life that maybe I've been outsourcing my my power to a company or to a boss or to you know the thing that I'm waiting for and waiting on. I had a friend that I talked to on the phone on Monday and she's a DJ she's been a DJ for 10 years she's DJ with some of like the best people and people in the music industry it's really like a waiting game to wait to get signed, to wait to get gigs. And you can go out and and get them and do your part and all that stuff. But there's still so much kind of waiting and disempowerment in a way. And I think this is just in so many different industries creating that question mark of like, huh, how can I empower myself? Like, what are things that I can do that maybe are activating a different part of me that I've never activated. She actually said, she's like, I have this, like my, my creator side is, which is like the archetype thing that we can go and do. My creator side is like the deep truth of who I am. And there's definitely a side of me that has like the coach and the teacher and is interested in, in making some videos online and talking about this and helping people through this. And it's like, what an opportunity to look at these places inside of ourselves that we haven't yet activated.
0: Yeah. It's been so profound to just witness the shift from the excuse to the empowerment. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of women that have reached out to me and just asking, how can I make extra income? And I've been offering them some options and some things. And one of the women, she was so sweet. She was like, I'm selling everything on Poshmark right now. Yeah. And I'm just getting everything ready to sell. And I'm taking that business course that I told myself for so many years, I could never afford She's like, all I needed to do was sell a couple handbags and I can afford it. That's amazing. So, yeah. So it's interesting to watch. Like even my father, who he's 73 years old, he's like launching a coaching business what? for senior citizens. That's yeah. so cool. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, and my brother who's out of work right now, he's launching his own platform. So it's like really wow, beautiful to see cool. just people in my life who are getting creative and thinking outside the box for times during this, like, right, for things that happen where we have no control, but we're saying, what is the opportunity in this to witness myself from a place of empowerment and being able to, if this happens again, and I hope to God we never see this again in our lifetime, but Mm -hmm. I don't think this is the last time Corona is going to show or something like it. And as sad as that is to sound, like I think, getting to a place where you have money and financial security in the bank is always a good idea. It's always a good idea regardless. And I'm so thankful that like I took the courage for five years to be able to get to a place where right now I have, have that sense of security. And that's what we were saying on our call. We were like, how do we empower other women to have this sense of security? Even if that security is one or two months, it then allows you to take care of your well being and take care of your family and be present and not living from a place of, anxiety and fear and all the things that come up when our basic needs, right? The hierarchy of needs aren't met. And yeah. so I'm curious for you, if someone was just starting out who had who has no entrepreneur background whatsoever, who is like, this feels so overwhelming, what would be some mindset things to think about and and really just to empower them to to think through that this isn't as hard or as overwhelming as it might feel just to get started.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good question because it does feel like... I think that with social media, there's an increased awareness of all the things that we don't know. And when you see so many people doing different things, like hosting a podcast and selling this and all these... It's just like, whoa, Like, where do I even begin? (laughs) It's like, where do I start? And I think... Like The question I would ask yourself first is, what has sparked my interest in the past that I haven't really thought of or considered? And the girl I was talking to on Monday, the DJ, I was like, I would sit with yourself and and meditate on this because there's different types of people that do really well with different types of things, but you don't know what that stuff is unless you try. So just a quick example, I'm sure you have a similar, like looking back at your own story and being like, oh, I see how that all happened. I initially was going to nursing school. I thought that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. And then I started fitness coaching and doing fitness videos. I totally thought that was what I was going to do the rest of my life. I started teaching people how to create online programs and I started creating my own online programs and teaching Instagram, hosting events, thought that I was that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. Now I'm in spiritual psychology school and I absolutely love talking about personal development and transformation work. And like at this point, I'm fully surrendered to like, I have no idea what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Actually, I'm just going to continue following the thread of what feels interesting or sparks joy, or there's like a sense of desire to explore something specific there. So it's like, take that next best step because that breadcrumb trail is going to, it's almost like it's going to reveal itself, the path to wherever you're going is really going to reveal itself as you take aligned action. I interviewed Gabby Bernstein for her book, Super Attractor, and she says take spiritually aligned action, which really means essentially just going inward and asking yourself, what feels interesting to me? Again, like some easy things to consider are just number one, You probably have skill sets and information and experience and life, like deep wisdom of things that you've learned that so many people probably need help with. There's tons of people that are willing to pay money for like an hour and a half call or an hour call or a 30 minute phone call. And you could do them over Zoom. You could do them over the actual phone. Like these are just simple ways to consider how can I maybe. Coach somebody. What's a problem that I've solved for myself that I can help somebody else solve, and break it down in a really simple way? Like, okay, maybe I have started a like esthetician business, and I do people's hair really well. Maybe I can host an online class for other people that want to learn how to do hair, or uh, maybe I can start a YouTube channel for teaching people how to do their own hair, or and maybe I can like that's it that's an interesting thought okay maybe i can start doing that right and when it comes to again like this time specifically there's increased need for money making not just for each each individual but for the economy like we need to actually be putting money in our own pockets so we can spend money on other businesses so the economy can stay afloat so making money isn't greedy. It's not bad. It's not inherently wrong. It doesn't make you a bad person. None of these things are really true because we need to spend money on restaurants or this business or this small business. And like this nail person that we tip every single two weeks when we go get our nails done. And like all these people that rely on us having money, that's how the world exists. (laughs) Like that's how, that's how the economy stays afloat. So in this heightened time of You know, need to actually make money. It's like, what things can you potentially make that interest you? This could be, you don't even have to make anything if you do coaching. You can just literally show up to a call and have a conversation with someone and say, okay, I can definitely help people with this thing. You can reach out to your network. Like you don't even have to go on social media. I know our good friend Alyssa Nobrega teaches people how to build a six figure business on, um, not even online. Like you don't even have to go online. You can have referrals. You can, um, you know, post on like your personal Facebook account or you can text your friends and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. All of these, these little things, um, like one off intensives and coaching calls. You can create like three day, like small flash sales for digital products. You might already have, you can create a digital product, like a $50 ebook. I sold my first digital product was a $50 how to track your macros ebook. And I think I made over the course of three years. Actually, people still buy it. It's hysterical. I, I, st- I did my first product they ever made in like 2015. I'm, I'm like still seeing people pay for it. I'm like, what the hell? But I think I made like, I don't know, like 50 grand off of that ebook, at, like over the years, like it was so I was like, I would text my mom all the time, like, look, more people are buying it. This is so exciting. Other fun things, you can create something and sell it with friends like we did with the Soulful Entrepreneur Bundle, which was super fun. You can sell other people's offers. You can affiliate for certain people's offers and say, hey, this person already has a thing and I'm going to promote it and sell it. So there's, there's tons of different ideas. And it's like so actually creative and empowering to have the conversation with yourself and be like, what can I make? Like tap into that creative place.
0: Yeah, I love that. I was thinking affiliates huge because even if you have a couple thousand people on your Instagram account and you're going live every day, you can be selling other people's courses and you can make up to thousands of dollars selling oh, yeah. different programs for schools and for different certification programs. And so don't hesitate to reach out to people where you appreciate their work and you want to become an affiliate. But I love the ebook thing because I think that's something that anyone can do really quickly. You can use Canva. You can make make the graphic and yeah. make it really great and throw it up online and, and just offer. I'm seeing a lot of people offer ebooks right now for getting through this time. And I also love what you said about not thinking about this as being greedy. I have heard it over and over the, the block for a lot of people are, well, how can I ask for money from someone right now when most of the world is struggling? And I've been on a lot of calls this week about, is it time to sell? Is it not time to sell? And the consensus that keeps coming back is, is if you're offering something that could be a value to someone during the stressful time, it's actually a disservice not to be selling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a disservice to not be sharing and allowing them to get value from something that could benefit them. Mm-hmm. And so that might be a helpful mindset for people who are struggling with that at this moment. Um, I'm curious if you have any other mindsets around that. Cause I think that's what gets people, I think the most, right. I think selling is the hardest part yeah. for most people of just asking for that sale. And that was something that was really, really challenging for me when I started.
1: Yeah, it was totally challenging for me too and I um like my I don't know about you Sarah, but my core wounding is around people pleasing. So like my entire life, I'm looking back now, I'm doing tons of personal development work and I'm just like seeing the hilarity of it all. But I think my whole life I always created whatever outward expression of myself to be as likable as possible and as agreeable as possible and selling was definitely terrifying for me because I didn't want to seem unlikable and I didn't want to come across I didn't want to be judged and being judged was one of my biggest fears and I'm I get that so often from people online is they don't want to be judged they don't want to be seen as a bad person and this is really really where we get to do our own work around around money and I've even seen you know some of my own clients that have had businesses for a while, during this time specifically, slip back into that, that mind frame or that scarcity pattern of, you know what, I don't want to be a bad person or sell right now and be manipulative. And that's, that's like a slip back into that place of, of believing in or buying into the belief that money or taking, quote unquote, taking money from people is taking and bad for them. When really, when we think about it, people love—and us included—love to spend money on the things that they want. Like we don't, we we don't want to necessarily, like obviously, be manipulated and lied to in a way where we're spending money on something and then we're not getting what we we planned on, or we're not getting something that we signed up for, or it was like a lie in some respects. And I think what's happening in the coaching industry, or just in the online service provider industry now is the stakes or the level of value people are providing is a lot higher than it was five years ago. I remember with fitness coaching, I would be email, like my product, I think was 200 bucks a month of coaching. And it was one email a week of like a check-in and then I would send a check-in back and that was really it. And like, that was the standard back then. And now that's that does not fly at all. It's like, Mm -hmm. you have to be doing voice memos and video calls and extra resources and all of these extra extra free content. And if you're not doing daily free content and free resource, and like, it's just the level of value is so much higher, which I think is weeding out a lot of people that are not in integrity and are not down to have compassion and to care about people and to actually consider their fears and consider their vulnerability and consider them as a person and where they're at. And they recognize that the value exchange for the money is a lot you know, higher now. So I think it's actually a lot better that more and more people are showing up online because the people that are in integrity are the ones that are going to win out. It's like adapt or die. Like the survival of the fittest is, are you a good person? Are you being authentic? Are you being real? Are you being true? Are you caring about people? And <laughs> I think that's really exciting for the coaching space specifically. And again, when it comes to selling, I think one of the biggest shifts for me was when I recognized that selling is essentially getting someone to mentally and emotionally commit to the thing that they know they need. And the thing that we know we need is usually the thing that we avoid the most. I remember um, our our mutual friend, Jen Esker called me one day and she was doing this personal development program. And part of it was like reaching out to people to sell them into it, which is totally fine. And she was like, I need you to do it. Like, I know you wanted to sign up. You already told me you wanted to sign up. Are you available to do it right now? (laughs) And for me, my whole story was about time commitment because I was busy. And like, time commitment for me was always my quote unquote objection. So there's always objections with sales. It could be money, it could be ego, it could be that they don't trust you or they don't trust. People for me it was time. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't like it's like I don't know what I'm gonna be doing three weeks from now. I'm that person that is like checking in with my energy every hour on the hour and I like there's some level of nerves in me of having something on my calendar two weeks from now and being like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel by then. Like I might have to cancel and that kind of that kind of thing. And it was super triggering. But I was very grateful because I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be on an enrollment call and get super triggered by, Mm -hmm. you know, a story or a pattern and working through that pattern of I'm not going to have time or I won't, whatever the story was, was pretty empowering and being like, you know what, I am going to find a way to work through this story and through this fear and commit to myself fully because I know I want to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the cool thing about, being able to hold space for people on an enrollment call or, you know, even in your marketing copy, it's, it's literally just being able to say, Hey, I know this is coming up for you. I am aware that this might be terrifying or vulnerable, or you might have some fear around it, or you might have some stories coming up around this, this, and this. And I hear you. I understand you. I see you and that's okay. And like, let's go underneath that. Like what's happening what, like what's the deeper layered story and pattern and deep-seated unconscious belief system that's continuously telling you, hey, maybe this is not the right thing for you. And if it is the right thing for them, like if you have this whole conversation with a person and they are super wanting to do this, and if they don't do it, they're only going to end up in the same exact place that they ended that they were in right now, and they don't want that. And like this is an awesome thing about having a um, really powerful person to teach you sales and enrollment. Sarah, you're one of them, I'm one of them, Libby's one of them, like all of these people, Alyssa, um, Natalie, and being able to walk them, someone through a transformational enrollment process where you have them come out the other end with a decision. and that's super, actually empowering for somebody Mm -hmm. like that. They feel really ideally by the end of it, they feel really good about themselves.
0: Hey there friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstuart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new project's products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. If you're listening to this and you've been thinking about signing up for a program for a while, maybe it's been on your mind for the last year, I encourage you to go through what Amanda just shared in terms of your own internal process and what are the wounds and what are the blocks that are coming up for you in terms of committing? Is it time? Is it your energy? Is it resource and finances? And, And under that is a healing opportunity to say, there's something I desire on the other side of this course, the certification. And most likely it's a fear of stepping into that new version of you, that feeling of worth, that feeling of having the partnership, the career, the finances, the, the life that you desire is usually on the other side of doing the work with the coach, doing the certification program, starting the business. And so it goes, it's on both sides, right? And it's really empowering to be the coach that walks someone through it. And it's really empowering to be the witness to it and say, What have I wanted to do, especially right now when I have a lot more time, what have I wanted to do my whole life that I've maybe resisted, or I haven't got back to that coach about the coaching program, or I never signed up for that health coaching certification or whatever it is. There's beauty in that and witnessing that and really seeing what comes forward when you potentially journal or meditate on what those stories are. So Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. I love that. It's, it's like you can only take your clients where you've been. So when you do the work on yourself and you actually go through that process of like, okay, having resistance towards investing, let me do the work and come out on the other end of whatever that actually is, then you can take your clients there and people that you're going to be talking with on the phone. And
0: like, that's one of the most empowering processes that you can learn. And the opportunity to witness yourself, even as you start this business or whatever it is that you want to do right now, there will be so much that comes up for you. And so this is like the most beautiful time in history, I believe. And I was telling this to a lot of my clients this week around emotional eating and mm. your relationship with your body. I'm like, you're getting a crash course right now. Yeah. Like this is the most amazing time to just witness your triggers, your wounding, your patterns, your mm-hmm. stories, because you have to be with yourself. You have to be home. You have to really pay attention to what you're eating. You can't be in the avoidant state anymore. Yeah. You can't be distracted. Yeah. I think that's true. Even for starting a business, it's like, you're going to witness those fears and those frustrations and all of the things that come up in this state of chaos. But I actually feel like it's propelling us. And I'm curious if you notice this for yourself, like it's propelling us into a completely different momentum of, wow, I witness it, but then like I need to heal it that much faster because I need to just be on this train to continue with with building what it is that's on the other side of all of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like such a, I feel like being confined to my home or our homes is, is such a metaphor. The same thing is like being confined in our own minds, and our own bodies. <laughs> and it's like, Can't get away. Like, you have to sit with whatever is here and work through it because you are quite literally confined and there's nothing to distract yourself. Like, of course, you can distract yourself, but to an extent. But I don't know about you, but like, for me, my health stuff, like, I've been good about it, but like somewhat lackadaisical. And there's no, there's parts of my body that I notice where I'm just like, wow, if I don't move and I don't take care of myself, I'm either like in pain and my lower back and like, I can't last in a confined space in a quarantine like this for two months. I have to just address it. And I'm doing all my physical therapy work that I've been avoiding and like all these little things. Same thing with, I think, whatever people's maybe, like the thing that they've been avoiding the most. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's just directly in front of everybody's faces. And it's like a mirror back to them. It's it's really cool. It's like tough, but man,
0: awesome. Yeah. And especially for relationships, right? Like the first yeah. two days of quarantine, my husband and I oh my almost God. killed each other. Like, <laughs> I could imagine. Because we're like, yeah. you know, we both work eight to 10 hours a day. We don't work in the same offices. I work at home. He works mm. in an office an hour from here. So we don't see each other. And now oh, all of a sudden, interesting. <laughs> I don't have our staff here to help with things. Oh. I don't have my team. He doesn't have his team. We're in this space where we oh have God. to figure out the our entire new routine of being yeah. for indefinitely until someone tells us we can come out of yeah. our house That's so, so funny it was it was just this beautiful mirror of just witnessing each other like find each other but find ourselves and find our independence but then find our interdependence and it's been a really beautiful process to watch so i just encourage anyone who is is in this state of oh my gosh witnessing themselves in pain frustration and and fear to really say wow this is the opportunity to heal what it is that has been avoiding that I've been avoiding, including my relationships in my career and, and my health. I wanted to ask you about kind of your relationship to social media and self-worth. I know we're kind of veering onto a different topic, but yeah, I think it's really important as people build their businesses and think about entrepreneurship in a different way, which you are such an expert on to separate their success and their numbers and their likes and the growth of their business and their self-worth and really keeping these very different. But then also I'm curious how you offer a mindset around still empowering people to reflect that their businesses is essentially a reflection of them, but not get stuck in how many likes they have, what their comments are saying, <laughs> trolls, yeah. all the things that I know you have gone through and I recently have gone through now that mm. I have shared on a much bigger scale in terms of very controversial topics.
1: Yeah, girl, I've been I've been watching your controversial polarizing topics. <laughs> I'm like, get it. <laughs> uh, no, I totally love it. I mean, I think it's so cool. So so for those who might not know, I have had like hate videos made about me on YouTube. I have one hate podcast about me from some random troll. Tons and tons and tons of really ridiculous and interesting, insane messages. I've been judged like from my head to my toe, whether it's with my open relationship or with when I transitioned from fitness to business, being called a scam artist, which I wasn't. Oh, my God. My people pleaser was so triggered and so sad and so like feeling so down on myself around that. When I gained weight from my fitness days, when I was doing fitness, fitness competitions and I weighed 110 and then I got up to 139 within six months and being told I'm fat and all of these things. And I made it. I'm fine. I'm actually really confident in myself now. And it's a really cool process. I actually have in my book that I'm writing, I'm, it's a book about how social media is a mechanism for conscious awakening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, such a personal development process. And I have this, it might be seven steps, it might be eight steps, but it's like this eight step process that you really go through when you are putting yourself on social media for the first time. And it's kind of, it kind of mirrors the self-rejection and self-hate all the way up to the self-love process. And it's cool to see and maybe put yourself in these stages and see where might I be in my relationship with social media. So when, you've, when you are maybe avoiding getting on, maybe you don't have social media yet and you want to, but you're maybe in self the self-rejection stage when you're protecting yourself from being seen at all. Again, this is like if you actually want to be on and you're not. This is really like where you're not choosing yourself and you're really allowing that fear to fully run your life. And then the next stage is in you're in co- consumption confusion, and this is where you're consuming tons of other people's content. You're mostly a consumer, want to be a creator. Maybe you're creating a little bit, but you're spending a lot of time listening to podcasts, following people's stuff, sharing people's stuff, and it can get it, it's a it's a very similar feeling of just being deeply disconnected from yourself and feeling like who the fuck am I? And this is essentially like trying to find yourself in other people. And this is a very easy stage to fall into. I think a lot of people are in this stage where it feels like you're almost getting something done by sharing other people's posts, but it just, it's not you. And it's not coming from, like nothing is coming from you. Everything is like you're outsourcing your power to other people in, in a huge way. And the next step is really taking the action step to create content. But this step can get a little funky as well because this is where we start trying other people's content on for size, which is, I think, personally, just a part of the process. Like, this is where, you know, we might be looking at somebody's sales page and being like, oh, I don't think I could say it better than them. Let me just like copy and paste what they wrote and then paraphrase and like come up with a similar process. And you know what, I do something similar, and they just did it better. So let me kind of just copy it. Or maybe we repost other people's stuff. Or what I see often and and most often is essentially just taking somebody's content framework. Like, let's just say it's an infographic framework, or a video structure, or a caption structure, or the type of way that they pose in their photos. We essentially take that framework and we put ourselves into it, which again, this is essentially a part of the entire process. It's not good, bad, right or wrong. It does create a sense of self-doubt, maybe self-judgment, scarcity, because we do feel a little bit like an imposter when we take somebody else's stuff. But we also are learning where you know we fit in in the whole content game, like what feels like us, what doesn't feel like us. And I think we only really get there when we you know try other people's stuff on for size unless we're totally in the dark and we're not consuming anybody's content which is i think really hard in in 2020 and beyond mm-hmm. and then the next stage is is the self-awareness stage when we start to really get clear on relating to our content as our own rather than a hodgepodge of other people's styles voices opinions and and frameworks and you're getting more and more clear as to like okay i like this I'm not a fan of this. I'm experimenting. I'm reviewing the data. I'm having some level of self-awareness. Maybe I'm still feeling a little bit impostery, but I'm like getting the hang of it. And then going into self-like, which is where you're feeling really good about what you're doing. You're feeling like you have people in your audience that are responding to what you're doing. You're in a really good flow with your content. You know the way that you're going to post your graphics or your captions or whatever. And then there's another stage, which is like seemingly the end. I don't know if you're familiar with... I'm sure you are with all your copywriting skills, Sarah, but the hero's journey and the stage in the hero's journey where you essentially get the quote-unquote reward, which is not the end of the journey, but it's like you get the money or you get the 10K followers, or you get the girl or whatever it is. And you essentially get the thing that you were going after. But it's not the end of the journey, because that's not actually the thing that was what you needed to get. So this is a stage where I kind of call full-blown branded. And you're full-blown in yourself. And you feel really embodied in your content. And your personality and your like essence is translated to the platform. But from there... Something can happen where you can still be really identified with your likes and your comments and your content. And like you almost have your identity wrapped up in your social media platform. And what can happen, and what's happened to so many people, myself included, is you can, you know, keep growing followers, grow, grow, grow. You create a niche, you cr- create a certain personality online, and it's going really well. And you've master the art of like creating for other people and creating for yourself, but then you change as a person, Mm -hmm. which is where the pivot kind of comes in. And this is where we kind of get shaken up and we have an ego death of like, Oh shit, I am not the person that I've been putting myself online as I'm actually so much more than that. And how do I pivot my brand to make sure that I am still staying true and authentic to myself? And what might happen at that stage is you might lose followers and have less engagement because the people that followed you before in a different stage might not be down to to come along the ride with you. And this is where it's like this like, innovation, reinvention stage that you have to have an ego death of like, oh, shit, the thing that I wanted might not stay. And I have to find a way to be okay with me as I grow and shift and pivot and change. And this is like kind of the final stage where you return with the elixir. And the elixir is knowing yourself fully and being 100% detached from or as much detached as you possibly can from your likes, followers and your vanity metrics and knowing who you are, what you want to put out there and trusting that your path is your path. And that's totally where you're supposed to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last one I have been through a couple times. Yeah. It was so interesting because I was reorganizing Google docs from like 10 years of running my business. Oh my God. And I was reading blogs I wrote years ago. And I kept thinking to myself, did I write? I didn't write this. There's no way yeah. I wrote this. <laughs> I, I didn't this write this. Thing. <laughs> I don't speak to women that way. I would never say that. I would never uh, market that way. And, and I had so this like funny. visceral moment where I was like, shameful of how I used to sell products or how I used to talk about weight loss or how. And then I realized in that moment, the blessing of it and just witnessing my growth in consciousness, my growth in awareness. And that as you go on this entrepreneur journey, you're going to pivot so many times Mm -hmm. and being seen and showing up as you are. I think as long as you continue to show up that way, I've just asked my audience for that grace Like I just said, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. So please grace me with that same understanding that, that I would gift to you knowing Mm -hmm. that you're on your own journey. And I think when you can be vulnerable in that state with them, like you have, it's been really beautiful to watch you share about your relationship and all the different aspects of going on the spiritual journey and your ayahuasca trips and, and not holding back because. I've seen from an outside perspective how valuable that has been for so many people. And if if you yeah. didn't share because of fear, then it would, again, it would be that disservice to the world, I believe.
1: Yeah. And I also have seen it actually decrease results. Like it's almost like this spiritual lesson of like, you know, the next thing you got to do, girl, like if you're resisting and resisting and holding back, it's almost like the universe will give you those signs of like, you, you. it's pointing you to doing that thing that's at your next
0: edge. It's so interesting. And if you're in a business where you're not fully behind that business mm. and there's a different level of opportunity for you to share from a deeper, more integral place, I do think your business will be impacted. I know when I ran two businesses before my current business. One, I was running a retreat company and two, I was talking about nutrition very much from my dad's place of curing his cancer, not from an integral place of like where I was with my eating disorder or how I cured my eating so I was really hiding behind these other two businesses because I was, I was scared to talk about those things, but I really feel that those, those two businesses were impacted because I had this like deeper mission and vision to share that I wanted to get to that place, but I was using those as kind of a, a way to survive life yeah, like a way to survive in the inner men, in the in between of you know, someday I'll get to that get to that other place. So I love that. And how have you managed just from a self-worth perspective of being able to witness yourself moving through the likes and the comments? and I'm curious, I know you're on the other yeah. side of the end, but do you have any tools or ways that you're coping through that if yeah. if things get triggered?
1: Yeah, I mean, Oh, it's like, I think um, what happens is it's kind of similar to the entrepreneurial journey that when you have a goal, let's just say your goal is $100,000 or on social media, your goal is 100,000 followers or 10,000 followers. It's almost like you can do the work while you're growing, which is like detaching from the amount of followers you get and the amount of likes you get and so on and so forth. But when you're on that upward path, it's almost like when you're goal setting and when you are, you know, in that, like manifesting and creating awesome stuff in your life phase and you're using goals as a way to keep yourself motivated and to have a, a target, it's almost like having that is is really helpful. And when something happens, like... For me, uh, when I when I pivoted my, I was you know posting a ton of fitness content, which was pictures like pictures of my body and pictures of like workouts and stuff like that, and just regular lifestyle photos that I was using for business content weren't wasn't. Getting nearly as many likes. I used to get maybe 30,000 likes a photo, and now I get like five, five, six. I don't even know actually, I don't pay attention anymore. And it's like watching that go down, or let's just say for business, maybe you hit that goal, and then all of a sudden you have a launch that doesn't go as well. Like I'm having, I have a, I have a client right now whose um, business process has really mirrored mine in a way where everything was up and up and up for a while. And you really can get attached to that up and up and up. And then until something plateaus or kind of goes down is when you're like, oh, shit, I'm super emotionally attached to these outcomes. And I am going to feel really shitty if I feel like I can't be good unless I have this specific outcome. Like if I can't be good unless I get this many likes on my photo, that's, that's a problem. Like that's something to really look at, right? So you can totally do the work while you're on that up and up. And it's like it, it might be from that place of like, let me just make sure I am not super attached to these outcomes. And some of that work can really be, you know zooming out and taking a step back and asking yourself, where else do I feel worthy in my life? Where am I sourcing my worth from? There's a really cool book I recently read called The Anatomy of Spirit by Dr. Carolyn Miss. And she's been studying energetics and health for a really long time, like 10 years or something. And she talks about power, power targets. And it's like, there's stories of, let's just say women, for example, who are their husband is their power target. And all of her power, this woman, the story, I remember it so clearly she was putting all of her sense of power into him. And it was like a toxic relationship. It was, I think, abusive relationship as well. And he was the financial provider, but he was also the one that told her what she could and couldn't do. And, you know, she had all these health problems and she ended up like dying, which in the, I didn't tell the story really well, but it's just interesting the way that our energetic circuit system can be attached to a thing or an external source that we're putting our, our power into. So it's like, are we waiting and watching to see how many people are going to like sign up for our thing? And if it starts to feel like we are getting results that we weren't expecting or that are not good enough in our eyes, and we're starting to feel shitty about ourselves around it... Like that's signal number one to really check in and be like, whoa, where am I? Where am I attached to this? And I think for me, my spiritual journey has really been the thing that's helped me zoom out and look at the reframe of life of like life is one big spiritual lesson and we're here to grow and evolve as souls. And we're here on earth learning tons of lessons all day, every day. And what is this thing teaching me? What is this lesson that I'm here to learn? And it's not about the business. Like the business is a project. The social media is a is a project for your soul. You know, it's like your relationship is a project for your soul. Like the coronavirus is a project for all of our souls, right, like all of these, and of course, like we're still in the human world, and we have to deal with this shit, like we have to live in it we we're not like denying the human experience or bypassing anything, but for me, that's like, oh, okay, I'm a lot more I am more than just this social media persona, or I'm more than a business coach, or I'm more than just a a girlfriend or a mom or whatever like i am a human i am a soul i am divine i have power i have purpose i have i have everything i need inside of me to like i have everything inside of me now in this actual moment i don't have to keep going to get other things to make me more worthy i'm inherently worthy the way that i am so it's really like a ton of worthiness work of just like in this present moment every single human is inherently valuable 100% and you don't have to do anything else ever to
0: create value. You know, Max Lucavere, he's a good friend of both of us. He's always like, be conscious of where you get your dopamine hits. Yeah, You're seeking them in, you know, the validation of a certain number of people liking your post or in that launch then you're always going to be seeking that next dopamine hit. And so I think similar to the the, the self-worth, it's it's like cultivate that self-worth first while you're on the up. And so when yeah. there is disappointment, when things do happen that are unexpected, when you do have those moments of challenges and fears and frustrations, as we're currently going through, the self-worth is independent of all of those things. It's an internal experience and everything else is very much an illusion. It's It's yeah. an illusion of of life in the movie we're playing and and yet the self-love, the self-confidence, the self-esteem, the self-worth can remain consistent as long as we truly believe that it's the internal experience that we're having. So Yeah, I love thank that. For, thank you for sharing that. I wanted to quickly before you go, I wanted to talk about the entrepreneurial archetype just because I know it's such a massive resource that you have created for people that are searching to kind of identify the things that they're strong at and maybe things that they're not as strong at and how that, how to support them in really identifying what would be the steps to grow and create success. And so do you have a few more minutes to take us through that?
1: Yeah, totally. And it's like, I think it's such a great time to talk about it too, especially for so many people who are totally new in the entrepreneurial scene or even for people that aren't new. This is, this really meets you where you're at. And it's essentially a personality quiz that breaks down the four different entrepreneurial archetypes that all of us have, all of them within us. It's kind of, think of it as a percentage breakdown where you are a certain percentage template inside of yourself, like in your soul as a human being. That has all of these archetypes in, within it. And some, there's a certain breakdown of which one is the primary, secondary, tertiary, and quantinary for you. One, two, three, four inside of yourself. And when you know what that is, you can have more clarity on your business strategy, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities that you have, the things that might be, you know, the shadowy side of things for you and the things that you have to really work on. And I've really witnessed this like Sarah just with, you know, our friend group number 1, there's been so many times where I've compared myself to people and I'm just like, how come it's so much easier for her to do this and how come like it seems really hard for me to do this, but This one seems like they're having an easy time with it or how come I've had a really easy time growing an audience and everyone seems to struggle or everyone's like not as excited to post Instagram content all the time as I am. And you know, all these little patterns where. There was, you know, a lot of growth and development where I would learn from a lot of people and the archetypes are also something to learn from. It's not a box that you keep yourself in. Like, I'm just one of them, so I have to stay in one of them. It's really about integrating all of them, but recognizing where you fall and where you stand so you can be the most you that you can possibly be. So just a quick breakdown of what they actually are. And you can take the quiz at entrepreneurialarchetype.com. Put it in the show notes because entrepreneurial is a hard word to spell. And (laughs) we purchased all the different domain names so people can mess it up when they type it in, which is totally fine. So the first one is the creator. And you can kind of think about this on the masculine-feminine spectrum as well. The creator is the, the full feminine. It's the airy archetype that is super that loves space Um, they're artistic and in some ways they're not they don't have to be artistic in a boxed-in way like they don't have to be a music person or a drawing person or anything along those lines but the value system the creator has is like space passion ideas they love authentic self-expression individuality They have a really easy time building audiences in a lot of ways because they're just like down to share their creations. And they almost kind of forget about the business side of things if they're a full-blown creator. And these are people like, you know, for me, a creator is my number one. So when I was in my most abundance, those 100,000 followers I got in six months, I was fully in that creator. And when you're in your primary archetype or when you're in your archetypal breakdown and you know what your one, two, three, four is, you attract abundance the most easily because you're being authentic. And spiritually, that's actually what we're supposed to be doing here is to understand who we are, what we're here to do, and how we're here to be. And understanding how to really be ourselves is something we've, you know, we, we can get super disconnected from from all the conditioning and such. So an understanding how to, how to really um, check in with yourself is, is super powerful. So creator is one of them. And again, all of these have like business implications and social media strategies. And you can read about them after you take the quiz. The next one is the coach. And the coach is like the water sign. So they're the, the depthful, feeling, empathetic. They've probably been a life coach since they were a kid. The coach is the second one for me. They really value connection. They value intimacy. They are down to go through the the transformation process with the client. They're the people that are down to like have the high ticket clients and do a lot of deep work with people. And they don't necessarily need to be online depending on where their other archetypes are. But for them, if they're not working with people and they're not getting that feedback and that like back and forth relationship with people, they're either drained or tired or not really in their full self. But they also all of them have a shadow side. So the creator shadow side is that sometimes there's too much airy fairiness and not enough structure for the coach. It's not enough boundaries and they can be um, codependent. So they can get really attached to outcomes. They can over-deliver. They can overcompensate and burn themselves out in a lot of ways. All of them can burn themselves out if they are too in their shadow. The next one is the teacher. So the teacher is the one that can really simplify high-level concepts. They really value wisdom, learning, intellect. Um, They really... Are the people that need to have a room full of people to teach? They're not as like excited about going through the transformational process. Like my partner John's a teacher, and he would much rather do a talk and a workshop and teach people things in a course. And he doesn't really want to, you know, handhold people and walk them through the the coaching process and follow up and follow through and all those things. A teacher is just like, let me learn everything I can about the topic. I want to be the expert. I want to collate and conglomerate all of this information and break it down for people. And that's really what I'm here to do. And that one is the earth sign. So they're really grounded. They're practical. They are the ones that are um, really reliable. They're also, if you go to the entrepreneurial archetype on Instagram, you can see all the different responses Mm -hmm. to COVID-19 and all the things. And then the last one is the entrepreneur, which is the fire sign. And the entrepreneur is the one that has big vision and they are systems minded and they are ambitious. They are ready. They have this energy to to build things. They are like very, um, again, like problem and solution minded. So they see a problem and they're really excited about a solution <laughs> like in this um, you know time the social distancing covid-19 the entrepreneurs are the ones that are like making new businesses and they're like excited and they haven't skipped a beat and they are like <laughs> there's tons of new problems great like there's new solutions for that i'm going to start a new business and they're they're super stoked about that and they're you know they're really ready to to take that leadership. But the entrepreneur's shadow side is really themselves. Like they are their own worst enemy. They don't do the inner work. They can really either burn themselves out or go into overdrive or over overcompensate or get into um you know like the fire element can can burn itself out if it gets too out of control or has too much chaos around it. So when you take the quiz, you'll find out what your primary archetype is, and you'll probably have a sense of what your second one is. We're creating a second quiz right now to break down what your one, two, three, four is. And there's an option to get a SWOT analysis as well after you take the quiz to figure out there's a video that describes the strengths, weaknesses, threats, and opportunities for each archetype. And I think just like any personality test, like the Enneagram, human design, love languages, they're really dynamic and they don't they're not made to box you in. They're made to help you have a deeper connection with who you really are and what you're here to do, but also what you're here to learn and what your weaknesses are and what you can learn
0: from all the other archetypes. Yeah, I love it. I'm an entrepreneur, so I was yeah. laughing when you were talking about COVID nineteen because I've just been in this like superwoman, like, let's solve everything. Let's fix everything. And yeah. I, I, it's so, so interesting because like even hearing about people like closing their businesses and starting mass companies and getting the mass to the hospital is like so exciting to me. Yeah, I'm like, maybe so I should funny. just shut everything down and open like three other businesses that <laughs> yeah. all have problems that are needed right now. And then oh, I'm like, no, yeah. my clients need me. <laughs> I need to. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're I'm such right, an optimist. I can't pivot that far yet. But what I love about it is the fact that and I wish that it would have been available when I started, you know, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and I think it's so valuable because a lot of times we get caught in our own way and and we get stuck in go 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 in in the mindset in which we thrive and then we don't see the shadow side of it and for me burnout was was one of mm. the biggest things. And so it would have been good just to have that little voice on my shoulder saying take it easy yeah <laughs> not too ambitious <laughs> like don't be too ambitious but still be mindful of yeah. your self care and
1: and which is like where you can learn from the other archetypes too like the creator and the coach archetype are all about self care and space and this is where like for me I got out of balance when I was too much in, th- in the entrepreneur because the entrepreneur is actually last for me which is really interesting, but I've spent the last three years activating that part of myself. So we can Mm -hmm. activate, we can learn. I've actually only hired entrepreneurial mentors, which is so interesting looking back because the last one, like the final, the fourth position is where you try to fill the gap. And it's really where you should be outsourcing. You shouldn't be trying to be your last one. Like, again, this can be intuitive until we get the second quiz up and running and you can probably have a sense of what it is for you. But there's so much growth available when you activate that last one for yourself. And that doesn't mean making your whole business about it, but there's so much to learn from the other ones because they're like opposites.
0: Yeah. And then also for me, I think it's going to be a really good opportunity to, as I go through this hiring process, as I come out of the other side of all of this and say, okay, how how am I going to expand my business over the next couple of years? What are the parts of Myself, because a lot of times we hire like ourselves. Oh my God. Yeah. Which does not work. <laughs> which does not work. You actually need people in your business that are the complete opposite of you yeah. uh, because they're good at the things. And so for me, I think that that will be very important to go through those and really look at okay, what are these other types? How do I have a variety of these different types on my team mm-hmm. so that I'm making sure that we're covering every area and we're creative and we're thinking of things that I wouldn't... Other people are thinking of things that I personally wouldn't think about when it comes to running running a, a company online. So yeah, I love, I love it. That. I really recommend everyone going to that website, going through it. Um, even if you're just starting out and you're thinking like, I don't know if entrepreneurship is for me or not. It's it's a really great step in that direction. And Amanda has so many programs that as you're starting out, um, we'll again, that I wish were available because I did so many things wrong. Had I just learned from the best, okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had all of this like time and energy wasted. And I also think it's really important to think about this too when you're thinking about investing in yourself because had I had the growth mindset and the investment mindset years ago, I wouldn't have wasted years of time. Like had I just saved up some extra money and invested in those things from a business standpoint, I wouldn't have... Wasted hundreds of dollars on, (laughs) so I'm like I'm even having like horrible flashbacks to all this you know all the sites that I built in my living room alone like learning how to code WordPress and doing all the things on my own versus just having a very systematic way of doing things that someone else can teach you and then you don't have to you don't have to do it alone. Building a business doesn't have to be as hard and stressful as I think we we often make it. I think the hustle mentality is is almost damaging. Sometimes there are people who have been there through it and understand it and can teach you. And, and you're one of those people. So I'm, I'm thankful to you. And you know so many other people are, are, and I think right now is an amazing opportunity to go through your, your courses. And even if, if you can right now go through your mastermind and, and become a part of that and just do all the things that you're offering if, yeah. if entrepreneurship and growing an online company and really creating financial freedom is something that is a desire of, of yours at this time. So yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. Are there, why don't you just share where people can find you? Cause I know people will want to be wanting to DM and ask more questions. And all
1: yeah, totally. Like Instagram is absolutely the place at Amanda Bucci. And then you can find other things from there. com slash toolkit is where um, there's a course that I'm offering right now. That's like basically starting your business online and getting everything up and running from sales to social media to an offer and all of those things. And then I also have a a great podcast with tons of free content at Bucci Radio.
0: Awesome. I love you so much. Thanks yeah. for being here and just sharing such wealth of knowledge and information. That's going to be so helpful to so many people right now. Yeah. Going through all of this.
1: Thank you, babe. And thank you guys all so much for listening. I'm really grateful to again, be able to speak to your people and, and be on your platform. And I just respect you so much and love you so much.
0: All right. How are you feeling? Are you inspired to discover your entrepreneurial archetype? I am so grateful that Amanda joined us on this episode and your challenge this week is to go and take Amanda's quiz. So all you have to do is go to www.entrepreneurarchetype.com. And even if you aren't an entrepreneur, it's going to give you insight into your personality and how to work better in your career and your life. And of course, making massive shifts in your career takes time, patience, and resilience. But... Here's the but, I sincerely believe that when we take the time to work on ourselves, work on our internal experiences, work on our wounding patterns and heal the parts of ourselves that feel unlovable and unworthy, we embrace those parts of ourselves and we show up for the path that is meant for us. And so sometimes we have to reverse engineer this process. Sometimes we have to do the inner work for the path to appear. So again, you can always find me at Sarah Stewart on the gram. I'm here for you. I would love to know what questions you have. What's resonating? What's not resonating? Who do you want me to interview? Who do you want me to jam with? What kind of solo podcast do you want? Let me know. I also want to share you. I want to share your experiences in your life and celebrate you. So please reach out to me and let me know what's happening for you your wins, and how you're integrating and embracing all these concepts that we're talking about each and every week. Thanks for being here. Until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug and so much love and appreciate all the time and dedication you're taking and the steps you're implementing to become happier and healthier. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.